Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Creek Adventures podcast. We have made it all the way to our 10th episode. I am Trevor Rogers with your good friends, Dalton Wortham and Chris Queen. The Creek Adventures podcast is presented by our good friends at Lone Bison Fly Tying Tables. Lone Bison Fly Tables, premium quality functional art. You can find their tables over at LoneBisonFlyTables.com. We are still giving away a Lone Bison Fly Table you can enter on Facebook and Instagram. Make sure you check out at Creek Adventures on Instagram or give us a, a search on Facebook. It's as easy as liking a post on Facebook and sharing it and making sure that you like our page. If you have the obligation and opportunity to share on both social media sites, you're going to get uh, two entries, which is wicked exciting. So we're going to be running that until the end of February, February 28th. And then our first episode back in March, we'll be announcing the winner. They're truly incredible works of art. Uh, very jealous of all of you that get to enter. Cause again, very sad that we do not um, get to enter, but that's part of the business. Um, the Creek Adventures podcast is a big supporter of the Oklahoma river warriors please make sure that you are following them on their social media, on Facebook. Uh, it's an incredible mission, keeping rivers clean here in Oklahoma. Keep your waters clean. Make sure that we're passing down these incredible resources to our next generations uh, so they can enjoy the same, the same fun and excitement that we get to talk about tonight. So let's talk fishing. Uh, Dalton, Chris, how are you guys? I'm good. Doing good. So, uh, so this episode. Uh, oh, Chris, Chris, oh. yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, no. So I, I'm going to go ahead and, and call this the whole. Um, we've made it to episode ten, and we've not edited once. Every uh, belch or hiccup or brain fart for me has happened, and uh, episode ten uh, was supposed to be um, our recording with Mr. Dave Whitlock, and. Uh, we've had some sort of mix up with him um, on timing. Emily and I, his wife, Emily and I were, were emailing and uh, so some, something has not, not worked out for this evening and, and that's okay. Cause I can, uh, I can just assume that we're going to get uh, rescheduled with him really quick. But uh, so everything you're hearing tonight is complete audible. Um, we, we were excited for like, I was going to be a little starstruck stuttering and, and asking Trevor and, uh, Dalton to, to, to rescue me mid sentence. But, uh, um, so yeah, everything we're gonna talk about tonight is like just pure audible off the cuff. Um, and I really, I I'm digging the whole unedited, uh, thing. So, um, if we could make it a hundred episodes, uh, with, without ever editing, um, I, I think that's, I like it. I think it's real. So, um, this is us scrambling, but uh, but still having fun and just BSing and talking about uh, Oklahoma fishing. So there, I'm done. Yeah, man. We could we could still you know audible from the audible if Mr. Dave Whitlock's name pops up on our screen, y'all are going to get a surprise. We're going to get a surprise, and we'll we'll start talking to Mr. Whitlock. <laughs> For those yeah. that play Madden at home, that is called a hot route. 
<laughs> just uh, point, pointing to the uh, imaginary cap that our listeners can't see. So I want to bring up just really quickly, was, was anybody aware that Steve Harvey has a courtroom like Judge Judy type show? I just saw something about that the other day. I, I mean, a preview or the Twitter was going off about it or something. I can't I, do it. I'm sitting here. So all I, I see is Steve Harvey doing Steve Harvey things. Um, he just issued a verdict. I didn't know that Steve Harvey had a law degree. Um, and uh, I, I, so little, little reference, little background. I'm in a hotel in Daytona, Florida. Cannot wait to talk about Daytona and my experience here today. Um, but it, I look up and I see on the TV and, and there's the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Steve Harvey. And I, I, I had no idea that Steve Harvey was the new Judge Judy. I, hopefully, I, he, I, hopefully he doesn't read off a wrong verdict like he did uh, with Miss America and <laughs> send somebody to jail on accident that's actually innocent. <sighs> uh no i i just i mean i, I absolutely love the uh, him on family feud i don't know that i can he's a legend yeah i i just but not on judge judy not not maybe it's maybe it's i don't not maybe i don't have a problem with steve harvey i have a problem with the absolute idiots that bring their nonsense onto tv for 50 bucks or uh, he's he's trying know, to get that sandwich. judge judy he's trying to get that judge judy money man she's she's the highest paid tv personality there is so he, he knows what he's doing yeah he's not dumb but i mean you know you get the <laughs> idiots on there that arguing about their girlfriend stole their cat and you know they get promised a, a hot ham sandwich to uh, to air their grievances and look like idiots i i think my favorite thing truly about steve harvey is and and this might be the title of this episode is the steve harvey fan club episode uh like i i love I, I love on family feud this happens literally every episode that steve harvey will kind of set the contestant up to say something like slightly sub, sub like suggestive so mm-hmm. like the the contestant might say something like my wife has a big butt and <laughs> steve harvey's gonna be like no and then Dang, that's what pops up on the monitor is my wife has a big butt and he's like blown away by it every time well okay so so my my i don't have a beef with this but my thing with family feud because because i started getting competitive right and I'm, i i you know the only thing i keep thinking of is what hundred idiots did they ask that question what, what hundred idiots had nothing else to do in life that they wanted to stop and answer a survey in a mall that was going to be on Family Feud about if my wife sleeps with my neighbor, what's my neighbor's name? I mean, some just silliness. Okay, I'm done. I have personally never watched an episode of Family Feud. If I'm, oh, you are. If we're talking out. day, if we're talking daytime TV, I'm hundred percent. The Price is Right and Mari. I knew you were going to say Mari. I knew you're a Mari Povich guy. <laughs> Mari yeah. Povich? Really? Oh, yeah. Okay. I will sit there and watch that all day. <laughs> I won't I seek like... it out, but if it's in front of me, I will I will be glued to it. I want like to see somebody. The... I was going to say, I... is Mari Povich that... one of the, uh, like, the kids not your baby type thing? 
Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes, he is like the offspring of Jerry Springer. Like yep. he is okay. second generation Jerry Springer. And yes, it is always like, yes, like the, that baby's not mine. And um, I accidentally had uh, a relationship with somebody who is actually uh, believes that they're a squirrel. And it, it's just something ridiculous. Yep. Okay. Okay. Bring it back to fishing. Pleasure. Bring it back to fishing. If Mori Povich, if Mori Povich was a fish, what species of fish would he be? Ooh. If Mori Povich was a fish, he's catfish. Oh yeah. Oh, that's too easy. Okay. I didn't. I didn't even think about that one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. If Steve Harvey was a fish. Ooh, if Steve Harvey was a fish, what would he be? Um, I'm just trying to think of like fish with big personalities for for no reason. I would, I would think Steve Harvey might be like the rainbow trout of uh, of of television. He's he's lively everybody likes them um i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna one up you there i think i have the answer okay to my own question by the way (laughs) peacock bass peacock bass there you go colorful um, well-dressed a showman a true showman big old i think that's i think that's brilliant maybe so maybe that should be our challenge to our listeners this week is you know name a daytime a daytime tv celebrity and give us the type of fish that they are oh god we are starting off just just wrong aren't we no this is exactly why people listen to us yeah (laughs) that's that's i can see how many sure we can pretty sure we can use the plural form of listener right well Um, listeners what what does your what does your mom think i i think like that's the big one like that's the most important no i'm serious she's our og like original most important listener i haven't got her input lately but you know granny has been singing our praises to all of her friends lately um she doesn't understand the concept of a podcast so um we are doing we are doing commercials that's what we are doing (laughs) okay (laughs) she tells everybody we're doing commercials I love that. Just like, <laughs> yeah. no, just like, hey, Granny, we're going to sit down and, and tell our stories. Do you want to listen to the stories? Yep. yep. Yeah. Oh, so so if uh, soap operas are the daytime stories, in air quotes, then these are the uh, the nighttime stories. Okay. Yeah, that's it. I, it's funny how, like, as a medium, we've kind of come full circle from, like, the era of the radio drama, which, by the way, I think is a lost art um the era of the radio drama to the golden era of television to the advent of streaming services you know motion pictures all these ways to consume media and consume stories and here we are back to just old school folks talking into a microphone and i know we're just like you know talk radio without the Mm -hmm. breaks without the ads but like yeah no that is a shameless plug. If you want to insert ads into our podcast, you are more than welcome to cut a check to Creek Adventures um, or uh, Trevor Rogers personally. I'm happy to put that out there. Um, 
but that, here we Absolutely. are. Like we're, yeah, we're back in the radio drama world. Yeah, man. Oh, that's fun. The, mur- the, the murder podcast genre. Um, that is as a staple for many. I, I can't get into that one. I've listened to a couple that have gripped my attention, but um, yeah, you can guarantee uh, everybody's wives are plotting murder against their husbands by listening to murder podcasts. <laughs> they now, yeah, they know now how to do it. I love the murder podcast genre, by the way, the true kind, true tra- true crime uh, podcasts. Um, maybe that's how we could get more listeners. Is you know. How can we turn the Creek Adventures podcast into a murder mystery podcast? <laughs> there's got to so, be like, there's got to be like some noir story that you could tell out there. That's like, you know, it was a cold February morning. She was standing down at the end of the stream, drifting nymphs. <laughs> <laughs> like there's gotta be a way that you could you could tie that all together wow uh, so instead of trying to do that tell us tell us how florida florida is right now man daytona florida and no offense to the to the fine people of daytona um i think i think floridians are incredibly cognizant of who they are um and and like who they are in terms of like in the mainstream i think everybody's familiar with the phrase florida man um and daytona is seemingly florida man mecca um so one it's really it for first off like when you fly in I did not realize this. The airport is literally right next to Daytona Motor Speedway. And so when you fly in and land it, it's straight up. I thought we were going to land like on the track. It looked like we were going right into it. And I didn't realize that, you know, ever watching it on TV. Um, and so like, it, it's cool. And it, it makes total sense that the, this town very much centers on two things, Daytona Beach, and we'll get into that in just a second. And like how awesome the hotel is here and how awesome our hotel is. Um, but like the, the town is definitely centers around NASCAR. It centers around uh, around this, you know, Daytona Motor Speedway. And so it's, I just want to preface before I say anything that's like mildly offensive to our wonderful Floridians. It is NASCAR Mecca. It is like, it is, which talking about mecca and nascar probably doesn't go hand in hand um so i realized the irony there um but like it is it's like florida people like everything that you can imagine um of like all the memes all the stories you hear the the people of florida it's perfectly encapsulated in Daytona, Florida. NASCAR culture is perfectly encapsulated here in at Daytona Beach. Really, really cool, really unique experience. I'm stoked to be here, but oh my God, I felt like I was looking at a meme page all day. <laughs> I mean, so is it so is it like mullets and wife beaters meets Hawaiian shirts and enlarged crop top areas or like which which side of it is oh so it's it's not necessarily i haven't seen a ton of mullets but you do see the mule 
um, which is Ooh, yes, which is, is that a feathered mullet? It's a feathered mullet. <laughs> it's, okay. it's it's the more effeminate uh, <laughs> mullet, um, and so like the moulet is very prevalent here, um, and I mean just okay, just straight up like making an off-colored comment as soon as we land we're getting our rental car and the the lady that rents our car um is uh she has a moulet and she absolutely nails it um she was awesome um you know we were kind of joking about i was joking with the the guy that i flew in with about you know kind of things to do and uh an offhanded comment about going to a gentleman's club um got brought up um because mm-hmm. when in rome um like when when in daytona florida um <laughs> and so we were like well, let's just yeah first thing first things first let's go let's go hit up the club and i was like ah just kidding just kidding we wouldn't do that and she immediately turns around and she goes why we got great clubs here <laughs> and immediately <laughs> points out uh my favorite one that i think i've ever heard of is the lollipop club and mm. so that is the winner um you go to the lollipop club after you go to the oyster pub um oyster pub lollipop club that is daytona that is what you do while you're here that's a song that's 100 percent a song <laughs> yeah now that, now i will <laughs> i that will be the uh, pitbull uh, sorry, that, that needs to be the title of the of the the podcast. There, would you say Oyster Pub Lollipop Club? The Oyster Pub and Lollipop Club, um, oh which needs to be a sticker. Um, so, like mm-hmm. for our saltwater, our saltwater people. Um, now, so I made the mistake. So I I didn't know how busy I was going to be uh, while I was down here. Um, I. For, for those back home, um, fishing is definitely not even remotely close. Fishing and fishing podcasts close to my full-time gig. I'm down here um, shooting a race at, at Daytona Motor Speedway this week. And uh, we flew in. I knew it was going to be a busy week. I was back and forth all week on whether or not I should bring my fly rod. And I ultimately didn't do it. And I'm a little, I'm a little bummed. Yeah. I'm a little sad because I was trying to do some research on what the fly fishing was like down here. And of course, like I couldn't get a straight answer. It was this charter service and this charter service and having somebody go take you out on a boat. And I, I knew that that wasn't going to be feasible. And so I didn't know if like there were any like big flats to be able to wade out to, um, you know, and, and just mess around. So I decided to leave it home, but I forget about like, you have the intercoastal highway here in Florida, which just runs, you know, basically all the way down to the Florida keys or at least Miami. Um, and then runs all the way up, you know, to the, to the, the top of the state. And there's, there's piers, there's docks, there's, you know, public parks and stuff everywhere that I could have gone and fished you know, any of these waters. And I'm, I just today would have been perfect because it was our arrival day. You know, there's not much going on. I'm, I'm very upset with myself that I didn't bring a fly around. In fact, I almost went to Bass Pro, which there's an incredible Bass Pro here. Um, I almost went and bought myself a little cheap rod. (laughs) (laughs) 
just just to have the experience just have the experience because i have yet to fish the salt on a fly rod um and so i know i'm going to get to later this spring in fact i'm coming back to florida in february we're going to be in st petersburg clearwater and so i've already i'm already committing myself i'm absolutely um absolutely going to bring my fly rod down there um and play with it um but yeah just a total missed opportunity uh i haven't i just i don't even know i don't even know what i would throw um well, so when you go back in February, and of course, I mean, just Google and get some local knowledge, but, you know, that is the, uh, the, the Clearwater side is the, um, is it Clearwater or Pretty Water? What's it called? You just said it. Yeah, St. Pete Clearwater. It's the same area. It's like all the, the, yeah. the, the Tampa Bay, like, beach area. Yeah, yeah, but is it called Clearwater or Pretty Water? Clearwater. Clearwater. Okay. <clears throat> I'm thinking of, that's exactly that's exactly it. D. I'm thinking of mm-hmm. a little uh, that little pay like there. No, so Clearwater, which which I've I've been to Clearwater. Uh, I stayed there for uh, about a week um, on the beaches there, and it, it is the Gulf side. So yes, the it's water Gulf is side. the water is uh, a little murkier, sandier, um, and so so I don't know what you throw, but it should probably be darker. And uh, so there's my two cents. That's all I have. Is the water Mercury, Mercury Gulf side? I thought it was Mercury Atlantic side. Mm-mm. No, it's clear, clearer on the, the Atlantic side. It may be rougher, uh, you know, depending on, I guess, time of year and this and that. But the, but the Gulf side is a little, uh, a little murkier. Okay. I mean, uh, there's so. the, everywhere I look around, I'm just like, I want fish that. Oh, I want fish that. Oh, I want to fish that. <laughs> there's there's yeah. so much water here. Dude, I, I think I, you research the heck out of that and, and plan it out for your next trip. Because if, if anybody's listening, if anybody's ever fished Florida, um, you know, ever fished Daytona or fished uh, St. Pete Clearwater, uh, well, please let us know. Um, comment and, and tell me where I should be going fishing um, next month. Um, yeah, it, 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 it's, it's just cool to be able to walk around and there's just so much there's so much access um, so many public docks um, that that you can go and and I just sat there and I was just like oh that bed of that bed of weeds right there um, <clears throat> looks great or ooh right under those docks um, look awesome I, I would just hammer I would just throw everything in there um, so it it got my blood pumping for sure and and definitely disappointed myself I'm not mad I'm just disappointed that I didn't bring my fly rod we're we're disappointed we're- in you as well. Yeah, we're uh, we're supposed to be going in June to Orlando, and man, I'm I've been researching guides, I've been researching kind of DIY stuff, and I've like I've never been in the salt either, um, and and man, redfish on mm-hmm. the brain that Mosquito Lagoon. I don't know, I think it's you know within an hour from Orlando. Some of the guides even offer transportation from the Orlando parks. Um, my wife has a work conference there, so I'm gonna bum bum off of that and tag along and um take a fly rod and see what i can get into yeah man it's funny talking to i think i may have hit on this before but uh i I was talking to uh our, our good friend chad hughes um he has a ton of business down in like the corpus christi area galveston and 
uh, the, he's gotten to know some folks at one of the fly shops down there and was talking about the redfish and talking about, you know, speckled trout. Um, and, you know, obviously like you want to get out onto the flats and go and go find those spaces to, to really get into them, um, to start chasing fish for size, but it's hilarious when just talking to talking to these folks like, oh yeah, actually just go stand at the end of that dock. You're not going to catch any big ones, but if you want to catch some fish, catch some of those speckled trout, you're going to catch, you know, a hundred of them in there. And uh, of course they're all going to be small, but then, you know, like they hold up their hand and it's like, would, would be like a 20 inch fish. (laughs) So like, that's, that's the small fish. And so like setting your expectations, it's, it's just so different. Hey, can we, can we start calling him four toe Chad? I just, I feel the need to call him four toe Chad with all of his cold water camping adventures. <laughs> Is this because he's going to lose one or? <laughs> I, no, I, I think out of 10, I, no I, think out of, I think out of 10, he's probably got four left. Because <laughs> this dude, I mean, the two times outside of him camping, with us at the at the rendezvous last year the the two times i know of him tent camping have both been in like near single digit weather in a tent and i'm just i'm convinced he has four toes left out of 10 so and if not i'm gonna at least spread rumors i'll get his permission to spread the rumors before i do it too much longer but but four toe chad is what i want to call him now oh we so chat just straight up i want to i want to make it like abundantly clear chad is a very smart individual and he, <laughs> he's like a chemical engineer um oh yeah the dude the dude the dude is brilliant but the straight up he is a different breed and so we were at the illinois river we were at the upper um one time on a float we were just doing a float trip with just some friends and every time I've ever camped out on the uh, the upper Illinois River, sure enough, a storm blows through. And Chad sauntered off. He's, he's just a social butterfly. He sauntered off um, in the middle of the night to go play guitar and drink beer and hang out with some random group that he just happened to stumble, like, I think on his way back from the bathroom um just and like chad disappeared and then this massive storm comes through and so like i don't do well with storms so i wake up i'm kind of on edge a little bit and then i hear his sweet loving girlfriend who i've known forever chad chad i think it's time to come back in the tent it is Guys, it is a torrential downpour. <laughs> like it is, it is a torrential downpour. He has this hammock, and he came back and passed out in this hammock. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and like, I'm just like, oh my god! Like a turkey looking up in the rain. Chad's gonna drown himself <laughs> outside, and this, it does not phase him. And so finally, this big crack of lightning goes off. And it freaks me out. Like it, it has to, like, it had to have cracked right on the river. Um, we were staying at Eagle Bluff. We were camping at Eagle Bluff. And so I swear this strike cracked right on the river. It was deafening. The, like the light, literally it went from night to day instantly in that. And finally you hear him go, huh? And then <laughs> Melissa's, <laughs> Melissa's girlfriend, 
Jack, get in the tent right now. <laughs> so oh that's, that's what it takes to get Chad um in into a tent so the cold water camping thing or the cold weather camping should surprise no one because the guy it's not even that he's like an extreme rugged outdoorsman just has the total ability to just fit in wherever in any environment um socially and actually in the outdoors uh he's a he's a different breed so shout out to you chad Shout out to Forto Chad. Forto Chad. With, with your permission, Chad. I will, I will get your permission after the fact. Okay, so so we're going from straight up warm water, uh, potential warm water salt fishing topic uh, in Florida. Uh, you know, I put a post out today um, after, actually, actually, I don't think I was the first one. I saw several posts today of, Hey, I can't wait till spring. What are you going to do this spring? You know, what's the first species you're going to target this spring? All that kind of stuff. Uh, but we're not there yet because Dalton, you were fishing in some cold stuff this last weekend. Tell us yeah, about your I trip. Was, I was at risk for losing toes myself this weekend. Um, <laughs> the Butterstick Brothers, Aaron and I, Mr. Aaron, um, we went to the Roaring River for part of the TU420 outing. You guys have heard us promoting it for a while. Um, saw some of you guys out there, so that was fun. Um, but that was my first hey, real, trip. Real quick, Dalton, I'm sorry. You know, we are on a Zoom call, and, you know, I, I'm sure we've all at different times with, you know, internet had like a little delay or a little cutout. And so your Butterstick Brothers comments gave me high stress just now. Because if if you cut out at the wrong time, that could sound really bad. <laughs> I'm just I'm just I, yeah. I'm I want you to be mindful. I I, I care about you and Aaron. Um, so Butterstick Brothers, Butterstick Brothers, say it slow. <laughs> Butterstick okay, but Brothers. Actually, Dalton, say it five times in a row, really fast. Is this like one of those fish sticks things that I'm not getting? <laughs> Do you like no, fish I'm, sticks? <laughs> I'm waiting. I want to hear it. Come on. Uh, no, I, I'm good. <laughs> okay, um, sorry. I messed up your story. How's the butter steak? Degrees. It was amazing. Um, it pulled through. Uh, my warm water smallmouth line was like fishing with a slinky, you know, for the first... Uh, hour or two you know we were clearing ice out of the guides sticking the end of the rod tip down into the water to clear the guides so it was cold but man we got on fish super quick um first off before i even caught a fish if you just take the time to walk the bank at roaring river and look look down you will be able to open a fly shop with all of the flies that you can find i spent about five minutes just picking up meat whistles and squirmy worms and san juan worms and eggs and some pretty intricate streamers so i i filled a box man and, and was was fishing those for the majority of the day um probably caught i don't know i quit you i usually quit counting after like three fish um but everybody seemed to be hooked up quite a bit and got them some good quality fish. And, man, it was an all-around good day. Heath 
um, cooked some high fiber chili because um, <laughs> I was I was cleaned out the next day. But he he made a comment that you know this the date of expiration uh, for most of the ingredients were for the next day, uh, but uh, nobody nobody died, so I think we're all good from the chili. Hey, a good chili cleanse, man, is yeah. is all you need. But I, was, but I think you were the only one, chili right? I, I, might didn't, I didn't hear of anybody else. Yeah, it may have just got me. Um, but yeah, man, it, that was my first trip, um, and I'm I'm excited to go back at the perfect, you know, I my perception of trout parks was just fishing in a barrel, but man, those those fish were selective. You got to trick them. It wasn't easy. It it I you you nailed it dude because I, i've said this to some other people too because like what, what's amazing about some of those places like roaring river like bennett springs is you can get whatever experience you want out of it yeah mm-hmm. are that you go up like up by the hatchery and you get those plunge pools yeah it is it's it's not even fish in a barrel it's fish in a bucket you know yeah. it's 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 thousands of fish um and it, it it's really easy to to get hooked up but then you start getting into some of the more wild, you know, ungroomed um, parts of the park. Um, there's 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 some really picky fish in there, and they're they're healthy. They're they're they get good size. Um, it's 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 a fun place. You can get an experience. Like, like again, you want to take the family. You want to get the kids hooked up. They're gonna catch fish. They're gonna catch trout. You want to, you know, go and, and make it, you know, a bit more of a challenge and be more selective and find some of those bigger fish. They got it. And there's, there's plenty of, there's plenty of water. Um, you know, I, I know it gets really busy there, there in the spring and summer. Um, Man, for, there. for the most part, I don't know, like I said, it was my first time. And so I don't know what the busy seasons are, but for winter, I mean, pretty much everybody there kind of had their own pool. Um, to themselves um you know some people would come up and put the squeeze on you but uh for the most part it was it was very enjoyable um and yeah you i was you know going in expecting a bunch of derp fish you know in a in a dirty bucket like you say um but aaron kept making comments about how pretty the fish were and they were just healthy looking yeah Um, no they're they're beautiful dark colors i mean um all their markings were real prevalent and just a it was an overall really good experience i'm i'm excited to to take the family there for, a, for like a day trip or even an overnight type deal it, it's crazy the different quality of uh of fish that you get up there um but yeah for still being hatchery fish but it's it's a good mix you get those hatchery fish but a lot of you know the uh, this is more prevalent. I think you see like at Bennett Springs. I don't know. I could be talking out my butt here, but um, you know, the, they do have, re, you know, reproducing trout in those streams. Um, and so they, they, they mix really well um, with the, with the hatchery fish. And so uh, the, the water quality, you know, like the clarity of the water, um, how well kept it is, it, it allows those fish to thrive um, it allows them to reproduce. And so um, you get a great product from the hatchery, but also deeper into the park. Yeah, you're going to find fish that um, are, are more definitely more vibrant. Um, don't look like a lot of the fish that you'll find here. They, they're, they're truly, it, like, 
I think the comparison is like the type of fish that you find at the lower mountain fork um, versus mm-hmm. what you'll find, um, you know, at the lower Illinois or Blue River. Um, not that those are bad fish by any means, but like you're still getting hatchery fish and some naturally respawning trout. You see healthier colors. You see larger fish. Um, uh, yeah, that's well, that. that's, a, that's the experience up there. You know, the coloring, uh, and I've never been to Roaring River, but I've seen pictures. But generally speaking, the more vibrant colors are going to be in the uh, the clear, you know, water clarity. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, the lower Illinois um, uh, can get very silty and 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 uh, and dingy at times. There's some places where it's crystal clear and pretty, but uh, it's it's uh, because of the the river bottom and and whatnot. It's not quite as clear as as call it Lower Mountain Fork or, or I'm assuming what Roaring River looks like. And uh, you know, that's the same as uh, as a largemouth bass and uh you know and dirty bird you know like mm-hmm. thunderbird or mm-hmm. or even call it keystone doesn't have the same uh vibrant colors as, as you'd get in uh on the upper illinois or, or whatever so right no it, 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 that's exactly right um i remember when we went up to bennett springs the first time and you get in this run that's literally right below the hatchery um and you have to be careful because you you feel like you're almost gonna step on them like you'll you'll just see them they're everywhere um and and you pick them out and just like they have those gorgeous spots that are really defined a really nice pink band um it they they the 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 quality up there the sprint the the water the that it since it's a spring fed um fishery it's just it, it makes all the difference missouri's great across the board it's it's great uh, dalton did you find any browns no i uh, didn't see any or didn't hear of anybody talking um about catching one that day but actually my neighbor um was telling me that he has caught a couple out of there you know down way below the park um and i thought we were in a lower portion but apparently not um but he he has mentioned that he has caught a couple there so yeah there. there's fish all the way to what is it um table rock i know what that yeah. jumps into yeah so there's fish all the way to table rock so there's no telling what's in there man yeah um i know that there's some big browns deep in the park um and i've never fished super deep into the park i've gone down past the hatchery past all the plunge pools and then there's like a bridge um that i think dalton looking at your pictures i think you fished it um fished the heck out of it and there's there's a nice there's a nice like a shelf that comes off of that bridge and so there's a deep pool that you can get into but if you can get up under that that bridge and and fish around those pillars there's a deep pool directly under it and supposedly there's just some really great healthy fish um in there that you don't have i mean you can literally you know it's park your car and 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 head right to it it's not it's not a hefty hike um to get to it um but i yeah i want to go back i really i really want to explore um more of roaring river yeah, I'm excited, man. It was it was fun. the The fishing was random. I caught most of mine, I think, on I think the fly that catches everything was the was the predominant fly. But I anything from a small, 
hare's ear nymph to uh, my little marabou jigs that I like to throw. Um, I was but, about to ask what you were throwing. Did you bobber fish? I bobber fished, and I should have stuck a hook into my bobber indicator with fly fishermen. I had more fish come after my hot pink airlock indicator than anything. I mean, all day they were they were murdering my indicator. Um, so I'd set the hook and then sometimes foul hook um, them that way. But and then I, you know, my thought process was, well, why don't I tie on a hot pink egg? And sure enough, not one single sniff from a trout um, on the kidding. hot pink egg pattern. Uh, uh-uh, no, I have no idea. So I threw on a hopper. I caught a couple hopper fish. Um, it was just a weird random day where I would kind of catch one and then switch switch it up. Um, I don't think, other than the fly that catches everything, I don't think I had consecutive um, fish on the same fly. Need to plan a trout trip um, because Chris is rubbing off on me about not getting excited for trout. And now Dalton's <laughs> got me like excited to go catch trout again. But it got me excited, man. Well, yeah, it, it, it should, it's fun. Yeah. Trout, trout are a blast. Um, especially when you start, when they start getting picky, um, trout really can be an absolute blast when you find healthy, healthy trout, like it makes all the difference. Um, so I, I want to, I want to plan a trip because now like I spent my entire week last week, um, I unfortunately did not get to make it down to the blue river meet and greet, um, had to deal with some family matters at home. And so, uh, sorry to anybody that we missed down there. I heard it was an awesome, um, awesome event, but, uh, I spent my week tying big streamers, articulated streamers, tied more of those rainbow trout patterns. Um, but, uh, I, I'm really more, my, my, my head and heart is already on, I'm thinking about the sand bass run. I'm thinking about striper. Um, and then I'm really started. And then I started tying some of those, those baby bass buggers again to get ready for the, for smallmouth. I think it's the winter blues, man. Everybody's kind of in that, <laughs> that dark January period where, yeah, you're wishing for, you know, I've, I've heard, you know, like you said, people talking about already the sand bass run and catching smallmouth. And it's like, we hadn't even got through the hardest part of winter. Mm-hmm. We probably got some hard snows and ices coming in February, March. We're due for one. We're, we're due to yeah. get dunked on at least once. It happens every year. Yeah. Well, it's huge. And it's usually first couple of weeks of February, right? I mean, like mm-hmm. we're probably in the next three weeks for, uh, for what, whatever winter weather we're going to get. Um, and so I don't know. I mean, now if somebody needs, if somebody needs some trout, I think, um, 10 killer is sitting at about a foot above normal power pool. And so the, uh, uh, the generation should be relatively intermittent, uh, not the 24 hours like they were doing to try and get the water off. Um, no, no major precipitation that I'm aware of in the forecast. So, uh, they'll probably do their normal, uh, if you want to go fishing there, then they're generating. And if you don't, then, then there aren't, but, uh, but, but at least some sections and maybe they'll turn off a Saturday. So if somebody wanted to go wade the lower, um, as a close, uh, day trip, then, then I think that opportunity is going to be there for these next few colder weeks. Uh, but I think this weekend and Dalton, and I were talking about this a little bit, uh, 
you know, because because uh, Casey uh, Dalton's wife keeps asking him when fishing season's over, uh, which is <laughs> which is such a cute question. Bless um, her. Yeah. I mean, she, heart. she's she's ready for like she needs a definitive fishing season. She needs a start and an end to it. And I say it's year round. You just target different species. There's no end. Yeah. It starts July first and it ends June thirtieth. There yeah. you go. Mm-hmm. But but you know, this this time where where it is a little colder and it may not be as comfortable, and you know, the lower uh for, for many of us, uh the lower Illinois is is where we venture to, uh, or the Blue River, but the lower Illinois we're we're obviously um you know subject to the generation schedule. But I think this this weekend at least and and maybe the next weekend, although we'll talk about what the next week weekend may bring here in a little bit. Uh, I might just go hop some ponds, do some pond hopping here local around town, uh, some, some urban ponds, go after a few small bass, uh, maybe, maybe run over to the Arkansas for a couple hours, depending on that, that river level, and uh, hit some of those deeper, deeper dredged out sections for, for some sandies or hybrids. Um, you know, uh, I've still got a, a sink tip loaded on, on the rod in the truck, so um i don't that's i think that's my plan just a just a couple hour quick outing this weekend and uh and go just back to some fishing and get out a little bit get my fix and then get back inside and do some family stuff so that's my Mm -hmm. two cents yeah Yeah, i um uh you know what i i kind of need to get back on the radar and we probably need to venture down to because i don't think it'd be stupid busy right now the lower mountain fork seems to be fishing really really well um i'm I'm seeing some really good size fish um being pulled out of there um wouldn't mind getting back down there um and then i saw some folks uh you know pay attention to what we've been talking about again some local stuff at least to the oklahoma city metro area um overholster dam is going to be popping off here in the next next couple weeks i'm telling you well so let's let's talk about let's talk about overholster um because i believe it is not this coming weekend um you know this coming this coming weekend i think we'll do a little pond stuff i think friday night i am committed to uh the tulsa boat and rv show uh that that starts this week um matter of fact did it start today it may have started today. Uh, Chris Jackson with Lone Buy Supply Tables is out there. Isn't it the 31st through the 6th or something? I like thought that? it was next week. I think is it next, next week? week? Yeah. Huh, maybe Maybe my Friday just freed up. Um, I probably ought, to, probably ought to call Chris and find out when I'm supposed to be out there. I might have showed up to an empty <laughs> parking lot Friday night. Uh, <laughs> we know what whoops. we're doing here at Creek Adventures, by the way. We are always yeah. on it. <laughs> uh yeah once once again i've already had a long week at work and we record on tuesdays um uh, <laughs> well okay so that may change things up a little bit so so i've got to do that friday thing and i'm gonna do a little pond hopping and a little family so i've got some family stuff uh some house things to to work on here and just spend time with the girls um but that next weekend is when we are uh going to record uh from and we, we got to finalize the last the, the dates but, but i'm 99 percent sure we're going to land next weekend uh recording from inside 
the not quite opened yet uh, new fly shop, uh, JD Adam and Com JD Adams and Company, I believe is the name of it, um, in Oklahoma City, in the old Backwoods location in Oklahoma City. So that I think that thing is uh, scheduled to open up at the very end of February, early March, and uh, we're going to get a behind the scenes. Uh, tour of the shop, uh, sit down with those guys and, and record a podcast and uh, uh, kind of hear about some of the exciting stuff they're doing. So if we're doing that and we're in the city, we need to be fishing all for, over holster at the same time. Yeah, down. I, I, absolutely. And, and, and it's one of those things, you know, guys, maybe we should talk about bring, bring your kayaks um, too, um, or if, okay. if possible. Um, be, because I say that because there's, there's, there's a few, there's a couple ways to fish it. Um, you know, we could get into the tailwater, um, right, uh, right below the dam. Um, I know that there's really good size hybrid and sand bass in there. Um, but I've also seen a lot of people pull really good size hybrids right on that dam. Um, and so, uh, I haven't had much luck doing it, but I, I, I haven't chased it much and so um there's there's a couple of great ways to fish it it's it's a it's really nice uh it's not a big lake at all um it, it but it, it it's not a super deep lake either um and so you don't need something that gets down stupid deep um to to find some of these fish um you know that i i i can't wait to get back up there and, and try it again okay so would you say on the dam like like putting a kayak on the lake near mm -hmm. the dam mm -hmm. that scares the fire out of me i am so scared of getting sucked through a on dam the, and it may be completely yeah, irrational up, upside on the upside of the lake or under the dam on the upside um oh, I've, yeah. I've 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 paddled over there a, a, a billion times um and they they primarily release from there's like another there's almost like a i don't even know how to describe this um you have like the the stench comb um channel you have essentially that that river um that flows um both into overholzer and uh and then ultimately that's what flows down into um the uh, oklahoma river um or the north canadian that is all where they that is where they release water from and so it's almost like it it's almost like its own other source and so um i've i've never been concerned um about going up there but you do bring up a good point about checking regulations and and fishing it but i i see a ton of people fish that dam um all the time and we fished it uh we fished it from kayaks um no problem okay so i'm, I'm i pulled up a map just now and i grew up in oklahoma city area and i guess i just never really had my head wrapped around this but you're right look going north to south there is a separate channel for the North Canadian mm -hmm. River, um, mm -hmm. that then feeds into that tailwater. How weird is that? Correct, and okay. that's where they release from. And so the the gates at 
um the gates at overholzer um it's it's flood relief it's it's big you know it's it's big water water management um is my understanding uh so okay. i don't like i said i've i've never seen them release water from those big gates okay so the only other thing i have to say about the overholster tailwaters and i am a thousand percent down to fish it but if you google there was a news story in call it probably 1996 about somebody that caught a piranha in the t- below the dam at overholster oh wow dead serious i don't know how that works uh it's obviously not salt it's fresh water i don't the news stories my my mother actually made may have made this up in hindsight to scare me uh, but i'm gonna google it so, but about a piranha a piranha in i'm googling right now i gotta i gotta see if i'm just making stuff up completely but a piranha that they the wildlife department said was somebody's pet um that a fisherman caught in on the tailwaters of Lake Overholster, Oklahoma City. That is hilarious. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, There's I'm gonna prove myself random, wrong in a second. There's always those random stories, though. Wasn't there an octopus in like Ten Killer? Um, something like that. Uh, I've seen, you know, people. You know, you see alligators. Um, you know get into get into some of these lakes and swim and swim their way up um wasn't it uh a, a bull shark uh a few years ago was uh pulled out of i think it was the arkansas or no it may have been like yeah it was pulled out of the arkansas um which wow you know they can they can go all the way up there, um, you know, because the Arkansas flows right into the Mississippi, right? Yeah. Okay, so in 2001, a fishery biologist in Oklahoma City Parks Department first identified a fish that was caught in Lake Overholzer as a piranha. Instead, it is a it was a pacu p a c u a fish native to South America that resembles a piranha. Uh The fish nicknamed Big Boy by a bait shop owner, Bill Early, was caught near the lake over Holster Dam Thursday by fisherman O.A. Bearden. Uh, Early, early, Bill Early, put the fish in a minnow tank behind the Route 66 cookie jar cafe and bait shop. (laughs) This is getting better as I go. This this is a very Oklahoma Oklahoma. fishing story. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Uh, Martin visited the bait shop Thursday and told early the fish was a meat-eating piranha. I got egg on my face on this one, Martin said. Still, it is rare for someone to catch a tropical fish in Lake Overholster, especially since such fish do not survive in Oklahoma winters. Martin learned how to identify fish at Iowa State University where tropical fish were rare. He sees a lot of walleye, black bass, stripers, and channel catfish in Oklahoma City, not a lot of Amazon river fish. Martin said he changed his mind about Big Boy because it is larger than most piranhas and because of its teeth. Although Big Boy has some canine teeth like a walleye, the fish has other teeth that look more like a pacu. A pacu will eat plants and other fish. Uh, 
PACUs are sold legally in pet stores and somebody probably dumped it out there, blah, blah, blah. I'm paraphrasing now, but um, so, so big boy PACU and Lake Overholster mistaken as a piranha July 24th, 2001. That was a wonderful Oklahoma history lesson. Wasn't it good? What, and this is, it this, is in the, this is in the Oklahoma. I mean, it's not a, a yeah. you know, tabloid. Well, I mean, Facts. not much of a tabloid. We need the Oklahoma Inquirer. Um, maybe we should start that. You know, <laughs> that fly, fi- fly fisherman finds Jimmy Hoffa's body uh, in Lake Overholzer. <laughs> I think it'd get Quite possible. Quite possible. Quite possible. Um, no, that's that, that that's neat. Uh, I saw like a video one time of a guy putting his hand like in a tank of piranhas um and they did nothing i think they're they're scavengers aren't they i feel like piranhas are the same are like similar to you know childhood problems that we thought were going to be a lot larger when we grew up quicksand similar to quicksand like we were deathly afraid of piranhas in the middle of central oklahoma (laughs) yep i really thought quicksand was going to be a bigger problem in my life than it ever was See, I can't, I can't hear the word piranha without thinking of it. Was it Nemo? Finding I'm a Nemo. Yeah. I'm a piranha. <laughs> From the Amazon. <laughs> and then, and then. A classic. Okay, sorry. Well, we got to go piranha fishing. Um, well, uh, Chris, we, we talked about what we're looking at um, in the next, next few weeks with our, with uh, the new fly shop. Um, mm-hmm. What are some other things, Dalton? I know you lined up uh, somebody pretty cool. Um, what are some other things that we're looking at um, here in the next couple of weeks? Yeah, so next week we are going to have um, a fisheries biologist with the ODWC, Mr. Josh Johnston. Um, you guys have probably heard his name before. Um, he's very active in the um, Arkansas River Zinc Dam project. Um, a piv- pivotal character in that. And as well, uh, you know, we kind of wanted to line up a conversation about the new proposed black bass regulations. Um, you know, they, they changed it to kind of a, a, a limit. Um, I believe you can keep only one fish above 14 inches. Um, and so we'll get some clarification on that and some opinions and, and you know, have a conversation about catching and keeping and eating bass. I think... Uh, the tournament mindset and the, the catch and release for bass is, you know, in some people's mind has gotten a little crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I grew up, that's the only fish I used to eat was bass. Um, and that out of like a dirty pond, <laughs> cattle pond. So um, I'm sure if you got some clean flowing, um, you know, upper Illinois river bass meat, it would be a, a delectable meal. So, okay. So I've, I've never had bass. I've had plenty of catfish, crappie, panfish, you know, sunfish, all of that, but, but I've never had largemouth bass. And now I, I do, there was a, uh, an open comment period uh, and visiting with Jake Miller, who I'm sure, you know, was conversing with, with uh, Josh Johnson and others, but uh, I had asked them in, in that open comment period for this new rule, to delineate between largemouth uh, or Kentuckys and smallmouth, 
because uh, I think you'll probably heard us uh, talk here before um, uh, or speak to the fact that that uh, um, smallmouth grow very slowly, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, and so I I personally. You know, and the whole and the whole topic, I think, of of catching and keeping small bass is population management, so that the big boys can grow big. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and so you'll, you hear an old farmer, yeah, keep as many of them small ones as you want, get them out of there. You know, uh, any kind of fish species because they want to they want the big ones to uh, mm-hmm. to have room and to reproduce. Um, but the fact that the Upper Illinois, and I think the Upper Illinois is probably chock full of smallmouth, great smallmouth. But I would have a hard time with with people keeping. So I have a hard time with it. That's being judgy. I would not promote the catching and keeping of smallmouth the way that I would catching and keeping of small largemouth bass for for uh, 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 and mostly still water management, right? Lake management. Uh, but I think it's an interesting mm-hmm. rule coming up. So sorry, I, I felt like I, I needed yeah. to, to add a caveat there. Uh, that I would not consider smallmouth in the same bucket because of how slowly they grow. Right. Yeah, I, I'm I'm interested to hear like the differences. I don't know much about the species other than the way they look and um, and some of like their their habits. Um, but uh, I, those are things that I've been look. You know, I, I'm interested in. I think so often we preach conservation and um, it's catch and release, catch and release, catch and release. Um, and, and obviously that's wonderful. So I, I think it, I think it's, uh, obviously there's, there's data to suggest, you know, why they selected the largemouth bass and why they're, why they're encouraging folks, um, to keep them. Um, and so it is something to think about. I, I think we should ask about, you know, the, the smallmouth in the upper Illinois. Um, I, I, I tend to think with you, Chris, like it, it wouldn't make a ton of sense because of their growth trajectory and, um, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it, it, it's, it's exciting to talk about though, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. We'll hear, we'll hear, uh, Josh's input on it. You know, um, that's why they give us an opportunity with those public input, you know, uh, venues to, to voice our concerns and ask questions to learn more about it. And so if we, if we, if we do learn more, and I think, and, and the three of us don't have to have the same opinion, but if we happen to form the same opinion uh, that we should catch and keep more largemouth bass uh, from impounded water, does that equal a uh, a bass cooking episode? That, yeah, we're gonna have to we learn. Just, there's been recipe sharing or trying. Dalton, you're gonna have to teach us, man, because I've I've only cooked crappie and. Uh, I get funny looks when I tell I love sand bass. I can't tell much of a difference. Well, sand bass uh, is a little firmer than crappie, but uh, it's still so, a really clean uh, white fish. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, I think we'll, the flavor uh, let's they do taste it, let's relatively do a similar. Cook, we'll do a catch and cook video or um, podcast or however you want to do it, man. That I think that I wanted to do that in conjunction with you know this episode, but it's. February and it's going to be really cold so good luck catching a, a bass um but yeah let's do it I'm gonna go catch some bass this weekend well well yeah. exactly where there's a will there's a way um well uh guys I think this has been awesome just to catch up with you um Dalton I'm glad Roaring River was such a success um mm-hmm. lots of more exciting stuff coming up again here in the next couple of weeks excited hey, to hit, Trevor. hit back on the river with you what's up 
Sorry, real quick, I, I wanted to uh, another another guest. I'm excited to bring up. Um, uh, so we, we've got in February. So coming up, coming up for the folks in February, we, we've got uh, our episode with Josh Johnson. Excited about that. Uh, we've got our uh, on location episode of the new fly shop. Uh, we also have Mr. Ryan King, who is a professor at Baylor University. Uh, teed up to be on with us in the next few weeks. Um, he was involved in a uh, a water water quality um, I don't know, research paper. I, I'm not going to use the right words there. Um, here uh, the last couple of years, he was involved in science. He was a professor of science, uh, and uh, uh, anyway, uh, on the Upper Illinois River and that whole watershed. Uh, and a lot of what he did looked at the phosphate level from the, uh, uh, the chicken farm runoff and all of that. So anyway, I'm excited. We don't have the exact date on him, but it's going to be in February as well. Okay. I'm done. Sorry. Thank you. No, that's awesome. Um, as always guys, uh, let us give us feedback. Let us know, um, what you like about the podcast. Um, and if you don't like something on the podcast, then you can can it. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, ouch, you know, let ouch. us know if there's, if there's, if there's, uh, we have thick skin. Um, if, uh, if there's some things that you'd like to hear, uh, hear about in the podcast, let us know. Um, there's some please. guests that you'd like us to get lined up. Please let us know. Um, but again, really exciting stuff coming up here in the next couple of weeks. Um, and over the next couple of months, I'm, I'm excited to get back into some warm weather fishing. I, I can't believe like, you know, we're, we're so close to it. We're, we're like almost just barely a month away from the sand bass run. Um, so we'll be talking a lot more about that, um, you know, in, in the coming episodes, um, guys, anything else that you want to leave everybody with? Hey, let's uh, let's plug the hoodies real quick. We you know we we said they were yeah. in. They hit my door last week, but they are live on the website. Um, Chris sent me to Roaring River with the task of getting some model shots. Um, I had, by the way, I had the perfect, I had the perfect shot. I caught the most beautiful fish of the day. I was waiting on my cameraman, um, Mr. Aaron Fletcher, to arrive and. Had the fish in the net, and then I kind of, you know, I I grinned before I gripped, and the fish got away. So amateur <laughs> hour. That picture would have sold a hundred hoodies, man. I, it would have been beautiful. So y'all had to I deal with. I grinned before you know. I gripped. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. But that go great. buy some hoodies, guys. You know, Chris and I, are, we haven't taken them off since we got them. So, um, My Trevor, son. yours yours is in the mail. Sweet. Not really. It's um, it's still in the box. But it'll oh, be in the mail sometime. We're good. We're good. <laughs> mine's, mine's starting to stink. I've been wearing it a bunch. <laughs> yeah, well, cool good. deal, no, guys. That's, that's it. You need you need sleep, Trevor. You're you're an hour ahead of us, man. Yeah, I've I've been up since three a.m. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna crash um, pretty hard. Um, but guys, as always, a blast to connect with you. Um, again, Greek Adventures podcast presented by lone bison fly tables uh premium quality functional art make sure you check out lonebisonflytables.com make sure that you're on social media give creek adventures a follow uh like and share that post um and enter to win you know one of these incredible works of art and then again uh creek adventures is a supporter of 
the Oklahoma River Warriors, please make sure you go like them on Facebook uh, and pick up your trash. And if it's not even your trash, you see trash out on the stream, pick it up. Um, take take a take a plastic bag with you and um, and and just do do a little river maintenance. A little bit will go a long way if everybody buys into it. Um, good so things. yeah, uh, do do some good things. Well, guys, uh, I hope that you guys have tight lines and catch some fish this weekend. Um, we'll we'll do it again next week. Yeah, man. Peace, love, and chicken grease. See you, See you guys. guys. Bye.